Ratchet Real. Righteous, Ratchet Real. Righteous, Ratchet Real. Real. Righteous, Ratchet and Real. Real. Welcome to the Righteous, Ratchet, and Real podcast. This podcast is for people who love God, but sometimes side-eye the church. We're three friends balancing the secular and sacred, the righteous and ratchet, as we discuss current topics through a gospel lens. We might say some things we're not supposed to, but you are probably thinking it anyway. You know how we say in the church. Charge to our head, head and not our heart. We're going to keep it real. Hey, 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 good people. We see there are already some people online. Welcome, welcome to another episode, the live episode of the Righteous Ratchet and Real podcast. And we're so grateful that you are here. We're going to bring in one of our guests and we're waiting for the other ones, technical difficulties, but we just pause right now where we are. And so if you are in the live, just go ahead, tag somebody, share it we're even going to take our time right now to do it that's how we do yeah. we make sure that we get as many people into the conversation as possible because this is not just about us talking but this is also about you guys just sharing and we want to make sure that the people come in visit talk with us we want to hear from everybody and so we are celebrating Women's History Month. Anybody here for it? Anybody here for it? Thank you. Lana Rice already went ahead and tagged somebody to join the conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And so we are excited about our guest today. We are going to be introducing one of our classmates. Yay! how we do over here we bring in all of our folks right we not (laughs) we didn't just graduate and leave our friends behind we bring our friends into the conversation and so we are so blessed to have uh, he's going by Dr. Kirby Spivey. He didn't want to do the reverend part. So we go just do what he said. (laughs) He's showing up as Dr. Kirby Spivey, the third, he is teaching in the Africana studies department at Virginia Polytechnic state university. Okay, bro. Awesome. Was over here. Look teaching your teaching anybody got a job for me just you know <laughs> but anyway he is also working on some innovative virtual ministry projects both in the states and the continent of africa through reach so we are so excited about you um Okay, so our other guest, I'm going to let him, uh, we're going to go ahead and introduce him, and okay. we 
see his chat. You see his chat. Y'all stretch we your hands to technology, yep. right? Stretch your hands real quick. <laughs> In the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. Okay. Right. Pleaded. Pleaded old school. In the name mm. of Jesus. <laughs> um, but Greta, I'm gonna throw it to you and let you introduce our other guest that's coming on for this episode. Absolutely. Well, when he comes on, the other face you will see would be that of Walter Johnson, a very good and dear friend of mine. Uh, we graduated, not at the same time, I am considerably older, graduated at the uh, from the same university, Alabama A&M. He's a former church member of mine, a comedian, uh, just a dear brother, Walter Johnson. Um, I knew he was my brother when we ate chicken wings from the same place in Birmingham. He's also from Birmingham. And we like the same great, great drink, grape coat. That is the best grape drink on the earth. So when he said that, yes, I knew that was my brother. Plus, he is your frat brother, Kirby. So uh, okay. y'all can hang. Hopefully, y'all can hang. So uh, when that face comes, you that will be Walter Johnson. Awesome. So I'm just trying to ask grape coat. Grape coal, yes. Is yeah. that a southern thing? I think it's in the south, yeah. same as if you know Buffalo Rock. You ever heard of that? I don't mm -hmm. like that, but that's the same company that makes Buffalo Rock. Um, my folk in the south know exactly what I'm talking about. All same right. company that makes that makes grape coal. Okay. Now, it are there any other flavors besides grape? No, I'm assuming grape no. coal. Okay. Grape coal, grape coal. And okay. if you ever go through Alabama, please stop and get you some grape coal. Mm -mm, I don't like grape soda, so yeah. I was like trying to it'll change your life. <laughs> I'm telling you, it'll change your life. So I didn't. I was. I wasn't very hopeful for it. <laughs> <laughs> you went off. I was trying. I was like, maybe if they have another flavor, you know, I could sneak in on that tip. But nah, I'm I'm out. Maybe Buffalo Rock is. I was about to say if if you like a ginger, uh, like a spicy ginger ale, that's oh. Buffalo Rock. Now that might be the one because yeah. I do like a good spicy ginger mm -hmm. ale. Now, yeah, you like know, because our grandmothers have already told us that you know it cures everything, right? So everything. you know. It cures heartache, headaches, you know, all of it. So, so real quick, when you get chicken pox or when you, my age group, when you got chicken pox in the South, you had to drink warm Buffalo rock. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but mm -hmm. that was the cure-all that most, uh, that and calamine lotion. You didn't drink the calamine, but anyway, that was the cure-all of mothers and grandmothers everywhere across the South. Hot okay. or warm Buffalo rock. All right, see, they're on to something now. I will try that when I go through Alabama. I'm not sure when that will be, but I'm going <laughs> to put some Buffalo Rock on, on my list to Did try, you know, like on my way when you have to stop. What's the hot dog place that everybody talk about in the South? What, Sneaky Peaks? Cookout. Cookout. Oh, Cookout. cookout. Oh, I went way back with Sneaky Peaks. Okay, I'm telling my age now. Yes, <laughs> Cookout. Yes, that's true. That's a good one. We got Cookout. Okay. Yeah, All in Virginia, right. y'all do have cookout in Virginia. Look, they when have we travel Virginia, down south, it. like you know, that everybody be like, we gotta find the cookout. We gotta stop at the cookout. I'm like, y'all, it's only the milkshake for me, you know, and it's cheap. It's yeah, like it's cheap. It is. That. And so the it's running cheap. joke is, one of my friends was like, oh, you know what the problem is? You tried it sober. I said, well, 
What was your question earlier, Kirby? Does it does it taste like what? Does it taste like Verner's from like Detroit oh Verner's? I thought you said does it taste like bourbon? I'm sorry, Kirby. <laughs> I really I did. Guess, I guess said. that's the ratchet part, huh? That's the ratchet part. We ain't even there yet. It just comes up. I'm sorry. I really thought that's what you said. Oh man. Um, I'm I'm trying to think. Walter, are you on are you on a computer or are you on a phone? I'm trying to think what the issue may be because I see him. It just says device is not connected. He's on a laptop. Mm. And I'm, oh, wow. He's not logging on with his phone as well and nothing. I'm trying to figure out. I've never had this issue before. Right. And I'm like, I know sometimes they say it used to be Apple products. You had to go into a different browser. Um, yes, that is yes. true. Yes. You need to be on um, Google or Chrome yes. or something, um, Walter. That's true. Yeah, so that might be it. Yep. Okay, he's trying that now. Look, we're getting a little closer, y'all. <laughs> Far, yeah, Safari won't do it. I don't know about Firefox. Yeah, I don't know about Firefox, but I know for sure uh, Safari won't do it. You have to okay. be in uh, Google Chrome. Well, we're going to get started while, um, while we're working on the technical difficulties. And so... We do this thing here for the live episode called Rapid Fire Questions. And so uh, Walter will get the, you know, the version. He'll be still hearing it. But uh, <laughs> Kirby, you just go, you know, this is just off the top. You ready? You ready for this? Okay. Let's go. Kirby got it. What's one thing that you love when a sisters do it? What's that one thing? You're just like, it's a sister thing. Hmm. While he's thinking, I was I was saying to myself, "Is this the ratchet part, Keisha?" But I I didn't want to I didn't want to go there. It's but not the ratchet part. I was it's whatever. Okay. I got it. I got it. Walk. Okay. Hmm. Now this is true. This is true. Sisters have a bad walk. Like you know walk. when they know a dude watching, they got that walk. Uh. Walk, walk, walk. Is it like walk. the wait into his hair walk? <laughs> yes. Don't you just mean? like that? He's watching me walk away. Right, right. <laughs> walk. Yes. That's a good one. That's a good one. Okay. What's your favorite hairstyle to see a black woman rock? Rock uh locks. Okay. Mm. All right. All right. Okay. You into the locks. Okay. Mm. And natural, hair, natural hair, but locks. Locks. Okay. Walking in locks. <laughs> Look. <laughs> so I am going to ask you a question from a reporter that they did on the red carpet for Hello Beautiful. I thought the question was so wonderful. I wanted to make sure that nobody thought it was my question because I thought it was such a great question. What do Black women deserve? Mm. Everything. Mm, you speak on it. Every, everything. Black women have borne, bear, probably will bear the burdens of us all. 
the men they love, the children they love and nurture, uh, black women carry it. And so because mm -hmm. of that, they deserve all of the things, all of the good things. Amen. Amen. We, we, we're here for that. Black women deserve Absolutely. everything, ever, everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So, um, I'm a, we're going to go ahead. We'll get started. Walter will come in. We'll let him go back. And um, I don't know, maybe is he still in the chat? Maybe he could even answer the questions and we can uh, say that. So uh, we'll see. He looks like he might still be working on, on coming in. So we're in Women's History Month and we have been inviting women in to the conversation, just talking about womanism, talking about where it is Black women are today, and just having this conversation. But we feel like it's often a conversation that women are asked to talk about, you know, like, and we don't often ask the brothers to come in and share that, share in that conversation. And so that was one of the reasons why we said, you know what? let's bring the dudes in to mm -hmm. have this conversation about black women. We've heard the voices of black women talking about it, but we wanted to make sure that we brought men in. And so there's so many podcasts, the deceased person who, you know, always talk about black women and lean in on these tropes and mm -hmm. really kind of denigrate, you know, black women and black women are often, you know, portrayed in the media in such unflattering light. And so we wanted to ask you guys to just really reflect on your relationship with women. Mm -hmm. What that looks like, especially women in the church and their faith. Yeah. what you've learned from your mothers and your grandmothers and you know we don't often ask men to talk about that right mm -hmm. we definitely ask the sisters you know we go to a tea a mother's day tea and we're right. like what did you learn from your grandmother you know but what wisdom <laughs> doth she gives <laughs> but women do not just mother women Right. They mother boys as well. And so it's important that we invite brothers to reflect on the conversation. How did the women in your church and in your family shape your faith experience? So I'll, I'll start with my family. Okay. Um, so I grew up in an old school family. And uh, so I want to do with go with my grandmother first. So. Mm -hmm. I grew up in a family whereby we ate dinner together, mm -hmm. not just Sunday dinner, mm -hmm. mm. like every night at the table. Yep. And uh, we prayed together. My grandfather started um, the long prayer. <laughs> <laughs> and my grandmother was second. And um, in a part of the prayer, everybody had to go around the table and do a Bible verse. Mm -hmm. So my grandmother's prayer was, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof and those in they that dwell up therein. Mm -hmm. For the longest, longest time, I did not know that was the beginning of Psalm 24, 1. Mm -hmm. I just knew that was my grandma's prayer. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Okay. My grandmother was so uh so both of y'all are A and me sisters. Mm -hmm. Um I grew up Baptist, right? And so my grandmother was the church clerk. Mm -hmm. So she's responsible for all the records, all the all the things, bulletin, mm -hmm. every everything. So I saw her working in the church and not even just working in the church, her house was like, if anybody in the community needed anything, mm -hmm. they'd come knocking on my grandmother's door. And um, I was, at least until I went to school, I was raised by my grandmother, my grandparents. Mm -hmm. So I got to see all this. I got to see, I got to witness all of this. My mother um, was the <laughs> superintendent of Sunday school. Mm, okay. <laughs> so, um, so I got kind of double dose. So any of the, mm -hmm. you know, Christmas, Easter mm -hmm. things, uh, what's this called? Tom Thumb, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. Tom Thumb wedding. Yes. What is that? Wait, we got the pause right there. What is that? It's like a make believe wedding mm -hmm. that serves as a fundraiser mm -hmm. um, for churches. Yep. That, that's the best way I can describe it. I'm AME, but I grew up Baptist, Kirby. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So, anyway, um, because of my grandmother's position and my mom's position. Hey! There he is! There he Yo is! Yo to the news. Let's go. You got the echo, bro. You got the echo. It's because of the other... Um, you got whatever, to pick it out the studio and it should fix it. There we go. Yeah. Um, so then I'll, I'll go faster now. So anyway... My mom would always give me the longer parts or all the things to memorize and blah, blah, you know, all the things. Um, so my, my parents, my mom, my grandma played a tremendous role mm -hmm. in shaping my faith journey. Um, and so those are just within my family. And of course, um, I grew up in a village space. And so, you know, Miss Frazier, Miss DeLee. Um, Ms. Jamison, all of these Sunday school teachers, all these women said into me, um, and you know, I didn't, I didn't want to be a preacher. I was in seminary, not wanting to be a preacher. Um, <laughs> but anyway, all that is in me still. Mm -hmm. And so in a real sense, if it wasn't for the woman, what, what mm -hmm. weren't for the women, I would not be who I am today as a spiritual man. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So, Walter, we're going to skip back over to you and give you the opportunity to tell us Breathe, what's brother. one thing that you love that sisters do. Uh, one thing that I love sister, that sisters do. Uh, what's one thing that my wife do? Uh, be confidence. Confidence in Black women. I love it. I love confidence in Black women when they speak. I mean, I already think that black women are um i think very very highly of black women um i think i mean i, I know people joke around but i think black women are the mothers of the earth you know that that god role um black women are uh i mean i can go on and on and on like i can go on and on, and on about black women. About, we can hear it all <laughs> we hear it in your voice yes listen, man. oh man oh man um but yeah uh, a, a woman's confidence Definitely confidence, you know, with given so much women have to go through and endure, but but to still um, 
embody that confidence. Amen. Uh, what hairstyle do you love to see a black woman rock? El Natural and uh, locks. I just started my life journey, so trying to convince my wife to get locks. It ain't working right now, but I'm trying to, man. I'm trying to. <laughs> yeah, that 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 natural look in that state. I love it, love it, love it. It's funny because my significant other is always talking about locking my hair. I'm like, no, it's okay. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm fine. Yeah, I mean, I'm natural. I pour my heart out to my wife as far as locks and everything. Mm. And she said, okay. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> She's waking up the pictures in her face. She tried to subliminally. <laughs> I talked for five minutes explaining. And she said, okay. Uh-uh. Okay, right. When you said that, I was like, something ain't getting no locks. He is absolutely not. He is absolutely not. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Nope. Yeah. yeah. So to go back to the question from the red carpet, um, from Hello Beautiful, what do Black women deserve? The world. Everything. Every single thing in this world. Everything. Um, black women, too, to you guys go through things that I know for me personally, I couldn't fathom or imagine um, you all going through, whether it's childbirth, whether it's month, just, just the things you all go through. Uh, and 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 still have to sometimes take control, right? Uh, women in leadership positions, so a woman can be going through so much and not wear it, but just have to push through. You know, um, you have some. I mean, I can I can go different routes. Um, I even when I think about single mothers, right? Um, some women who it was not their choice to become single mothers, but they wake up and they don't miss a beat, right? They just have to, they, they wake up, they just got to keep going. You know, they, you know, unfortunately, sometimes men walk away, but women, there's no walking away. A lot of times there's no walking away, you know? And so, I mean, we all go through things, but the black woman, man, uh, yeah, yeah. Black women deserve the world. Everything in this world, black women deserve. Amen. Amen. Look, we picked the right brothers for the conversation. We did. We did. Yay. Can you talk about how the women in your church and in your family shaped your faith experience? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, the, the the women in my life, starting off with my mother and my grandmother, you know, they molded, you know, they, I mean, I, I had a praying mama and praying grandmother. They prayed all of the time over me. Uh, for me. Um, and they really, really, really taught me about prayer and ministry. I mean, I would I would watch my grandmother rock back and forth and just hold on to herself, um, not really knowing what that meant back then. But understanding now it's like that sometimes it's, it's like that sometimes it, it, it get good to. Um, but understanding that through prayer. Uh, things change. Right. Um, even when I wasn't really praying for myself as I got older as much, um, my mother, and my grandmother, they never stopped praying for me. I'm still living off of their prayers. I know I am, you know, mm-hmm. um, they didn't stop. And they, they, they taught me prayer, you know, to keep praying no matter what. I still see my mom getting on her knees, praying at night and in the morning. And we talk about that, you know, um, and I've watched what my mother has gone through um, and to still be that strong woman. Uh, it's, it's through her prayer. Um, her faith that she a can talk about it, but she's made it this far. So, um, and even with my grandmother, you know, I'm, you know, times where I would go home and just 
try to shut out everything. I can lay on my grandmother's lap and she'll pray. She'll rub my hair and she'll just pray and pray. And it, it was so soothing. It it, it calmed me down, um, whether it was a show I'm getting ready for or whatever it is, just that peace, just that calmness is what I needed just to calm down um, those two women heavily, heavily uh, impactful um, in my spiritual life. And even then, even now, I still call my grandmother and talk to her, just remind her some of the things that that she's told me that she's taught me. Um, and we both talk about how good God is with each other, you know? Um, so my mother and my grandmother, I mean, they, they started it, you know, um, got me on the right track with prayer. Of course, my dad was a deacon in the church. He was heavy in church as well too. Um, but, and my mother, she was in the choir and my grandmother was the uh, superintendent. She was also a deaconess. So everybody in my church was working. It wasn't even yeah. my, my twin, my oldest sister, we all had jobs in the church. Nobody was just sitting in church not doing anything. And we watched them so we knew what the responsibility was. We knew, all right, we're not just coming in church just to be, a you know, for attendance. We have work to do in the church. And they made sure we had work to do in the church. They made sure we did, whether it was revival, vacation Bible school, which I don't mm -hmm. know do vacation Bible school, but vacation Bible school, all of that, you know, um, year round, they were heavily involved and made sure we were involved too. Even if they didn't go, they made sure we went, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm very, very appreciative of that because taking that into my adulthood, leaving, going to college. Uh, shout out to AM. I heard you mention AM. Uh, but in going to college, I really had to execute what they taught me as far as praying. Mm -hmm. It's just me up there now. So I have to remember okay, this is what I was taught. If you don't do anything else, pray. Talk to God, pray, pray. Um, and being on your own is when you really have to yeah. use that. Being away from mom and daddy that you can't touch and grab and hold, letting you know everything is going to be okay. Uh, you really have to 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 use what you've been taught. And I'm thankful uh, not only for those two women, but you know, the, the, even the, the the women in my church just watching them, the mothers of the church. You know, mm. not even even the ones who. Would, would, would take my gum when I was chewing it. They, they, <laughs> um, but I can appreciate uh, them too. That's that discipline. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Come on. And they'll point, hey, hey, get him. Come here. Give me your gum. Yeah. All of that. Uh, and I had an attitude. But but I understand discipline. Like they, and it's because of what they taught me, what they showed me, the structure and the discipline on how to carry yourself in church. Mm. I still do that now. It's different when I see turn uh not you know uh, <laughs> uh and and it but it i grew up baptist it comes out of me you know based off how i was taught hey nah sit down ain't no moving uh -uh. be still be it just that's what i was taught and even in the when i'm sitting down even if i'm on the drums i can see my mom trying to make eye contact with me mm -hmm. i'm talking over i'm left or whatever it is um but i'm, I'm thankful for what they taught me um, and what they continue to teach me, I still learn from, you know, um, it's times where I struggle, I need reassurance and I will call my mom or my grandmother. I need to hear something. I need, I, I'm struggling mm -hmm. to hear something and I know I can count on them for that. You know, I got to jump in real quick because you said they would try to make eye contact. There is no eye contact mm -hmm. like a black woman in church mm -hmm. trying to get to her. <laughs> Her, her, her children or her grandchildren. That look will straighten you up. Completely, completely. And put the fear of God in you. Just Come a on. stare. Just a stare. Just, Just the look. Mm, mm, 
You better get your life. That's right. what it said. Get your life before I do. <laughs> I, I can almost feel it. Like when yes. that's here, I can feel it. Whether it was a pinch and she was a twist. Come on. All of it. My God. All right. So I want you guys to please think. <laughs> hey, Sheila. I want you guys to think about the, the, the women that you saw in your church growing up. Do you feel as though there were times or just period where patriarchy, the structure, the patriarchal structure held those women back? And if so, in what ways? What, what year did you cross, bro? Oh, five. <laughs> All right. I'll take deference. <laughs> wow. Well, 96. Um, <clears throat> I got you. Looking back now with my now eyes, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there was definitely patriarchy happening. Yeah. Um, the women were running things, um, making sure everything happened. Uh, you know, I didn't have access to the finances of the my home church that I grew up in, but I know, you know, the 80, 20, demographics were so mm -hmm. if not more mm -hmm. um and so i grew up in a church where the deacon sat on one side and the deaconesses sat on another side right and the deaconesses were not female deacons mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right um so there was no gender equality going on there um and there were no women preachers in my home church that I grew up in, um, even though they would bring evangelists mm. yeah. <laughs> to come um, and preach on some special services sometimes. Um, so I definitely, you know, looking back at it, I can say, yeah, mm -hmm. there was definitely patriarchy uh, happening in the home church that I grew up in. In as I progressed in ministry and in life, you know, I sought out places that reflected mm -hmm. more of what I think and am theologically. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'll fast forward to um, seminary. I never took on the perspective of, you know, women can't preach, women can't do this, blah, blah, blah. Um, because my cohort, not you guys, but my MDiv cohort, many of the sisters were a part of that cohort. And we worked hard to, we studied together. We were going through the same things together. I saw their gifts operational. Pardon mm -hmm. me for that. So there was no question for me experientially. Mm -hmm. And even as I got better understanding of the scriptures, um, God calls who he wants, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And uses whom he wants to use. Um, we, we talk about Moses, but we don't talk about Miriam in the same space. Right. But she was a part of the liberation movement. Mm -hmm. Like, if it's not for Miriam, he probably don't make it. Mm. Um, so anyway, I went on a little bit of a tangent. Um, and nowadays I'm looking at the text, the Bible differently 
to try to deconstruct and decolonize yeah. uh, everything, mm-hmm. <laughs> whether it be sexism, racism, whatever it is. I'm looking at the text differently nowadays um, because of the harm and hurt that is done in history. Yeah, absolutely. We're gonna have to talk about that deconstruct and decolonize on, on a separate one because I'm I'm right there with you on some stuff. Absolutely. Walt, what about you? So, <clears throat> uh, what I saw growing up. So I've been in church since early as I can remember, about five, uh, and then being on my post every Sunday at at nine years old. So from nine, playing the drums all the way up. Um, my church growing up in Birmingham, it was uh, male dominated. And we only would have guest speakers or women speakers or evangelists um, on certain programs, whether it was Women's Day, really specifically Women's Day or Usher Boy Anniversary. Uh, those were the only two in which women uh, creatures were allowed to speak. And it wasn't until later that I found out that um the our actual pastor and associate they had issues mm. with women in the pulpit mm-hmm. um and i remember at a younger age not really understanding why and trying to make sense of it mm-hmm. um, and i never could mm-hmm. i really just never could you know because and and i saw again kind of being green to it i saw frustration and mm-hmm. and i saw great women who I knew of in the church, no longer attending the church. Of course, I had mm-hmm. questions as to why, but understanding mm-hmm. now, okay, I see, you know, what was going yeah. on. Um, all the, again, I was young, so I wasn't privy to a lot of information staying in a child's place. Uh, but I would still hear the rumbling and the talking, talking, and you know, through emotion and frustration, I was given a little bit, you know, well, if, if I can't preach or if I can't stand in a pulpit, you mm-hmm. know, I'm leaving, you know, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. We, we lost from what I saw, you know, at least from my understanding, from what I can make of it, um, uh, powerful women and impactful women that I would actually listen to, you know, women at a young age that I can, that can, can, can speak on my, where I can understand, it, you know, um, and I appreciate it. And then to look up and then they're no longer there. Um, mm-hmm. That was back then. Um, that's not the case now. And I can appreciate that, you know, um, and, you know, the, the articulation in women. Uh, of course, brother, I love, 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 love to hear you preach. I love, love, love because you because you taught from beginning to end, from beginning to end. Thank um, you, brother. That that that's the way I I un, I understand like that, you know. And I was always appreciative, and I would always love it. And and I didn't get a lot of that growing up. It mm-hmm. was I can count on my my hand the times that I saw women in the pulpit, you know, mm-hmm. um, it, it just wasn't a, a, you know, and I remember my mom and I had a, having a conversation. She, she broke it down to, and of course she didn't agree with it. Um, mm-hmm. she didn't, well, she didn't like the fact that women weren't allowed in the pulpit. Um, but you know, she was kind of explaining to me just kind of on the surface level, you know, um, but it's just through understanding, reading, um, and understanding from my own, you know, I'm glad that I don't, at least, I don't see that as much. I, it could be still be happening in some churches I'm not aware of, but I know from my personal experience now, um, 
the articulation of, of, of women, you know, the, the 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 passion that women speak with when when teaching. Um, it's men and women. We convey messages differently, you know. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think now um, I, lo- I love to see it versus growing up, not seeing it really yeah. often. So um, one of the things that you talked about was just how impactful women were in your whole experience, right? Both of you guys have shared about that. And so we can pretty much agree that in many church spaces, even in church spaces where women were being ordained, come on, AME folk, we've been ordaining folk, (laughs) but that doesn't necessarily mean we've been allowing them to step into leadership roles. And so we kind of like give you an inch and we're like, this is the space we're giving you. Do you guys feel um, that you were seeing reflected women leadership as much as, let's say, what we see in businesses? Mm. Are we seeing that same Mm. level of women pastors, women, you know, running the important boards in the church? Is that your experience? Go ahead, Brother Johnson. Um, I think we can stand, from my experience, we can stand to see more. Um, I mean, I joke around, but there is some truth in um, women make sure things get done. Uh, the detail that women, w- women are more detailed to me. Um, I think we can stand to see a little bit more leadership role um, in the church from women, because again, um, that detail that um, that women bring. I know my personal experience. I couldn't do anything without my wife. Um, she, I mean, she 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 helps. You know, she she makes our house a home. You know, and so as far as church, the church can stand to me in my experience. We can use more women in leadership in, in a leadership capacity in church. Can I can I just jump in there for a second with an amen boom shakalaka? Because <laughs> bless it, I love men. I do, I do, I love you guys. But the detail orientedness of it sometimes is lacking, and oftentimes we will promote a man to be the lead and the face of a ministry. My mind. And then we'll be like, sis, can you help him out? Because you know he don't really know what he's doing. Like, can you take the notes? Can you follow through? And I'm like. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay, that's that, that's just my side. Kirby, jump on in here. Yeah, I'm going to jump on then because um, on some levels, I don't disagree, mm-hmm. but I don't want to specify that only women are detail-oriented. I agree. Um, it's, it's a gift. It mm-hmm. is. And gifts are distributed the way that they're distributed right so don't just say oh let's put a sister there because that sister is going to be detail oriented that is not the truth i agree even though i do feel this is my personal opinion i do feel like i encounter more women who are you know like the a b c d type personality and men are in my experience, have been visionaries, wonderful visionaries, mm. and really great at putting people in positions and stuff. But I do, uh, I do agree that it's not a specific gift. Like it's not a guarantee that because it's a woman, she's going to be 
able to handle it. Right. And it's and it's not to say that we don't compliment each other too, because in ministry, God can call somebody who is a visionary and you know, somebody will help that is more detail oriented and that's what they desire to do the problem comes in when it's about a patriarchal process that says mm. men need to lead and women need to help mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. absolutely i agree with that i agree with that I, i'm sorry Kurt, but i cut you off it's okay <laughs> <laughs> it's my brother you know like <laughs> i i i agree i i agree with what you're saying um is not necessarily that we need to put men in the leadership space. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is let's not just say automatically that all sisters can handle the details mm -hmm. because it, it could be flipped, right? It could be a woman who has the vision and the Lord has prepared a brother to run the details, mm -hmm. right? So let's not, silo individuals to this space into that space because i think that's been a part of the problem in this conversation overall anyway mm -hmm. look we gonna, we gonna talk about that <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm gonna shift gears just a little bit because this month with it being women's history month we've also talked about sex and so changing gears just a little bit that was not a part of the prep question. <laughs> yeah, well, she she just jumped ahead, but it is. It she is. She jumped ahead. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah, okay. Because I, I want, I want to change. I want to change a little bit. So <laughs> thinking about what you all were taught about sex, right? Um, how much of that did you get from the church? Let me start with that. Just how much, how much sex education did you get from church? The sex education that I received from the church was not really sex education. It was more so don't get pregnant. Nobody talked mm -hmm. about the mechanics. Nobody talked about the, the birds and the bees as, as if we would, mm -hmm. um, just don't get pregnant. Mm -hmm. And if you and if you did get pregnant, it was there a whole go. big, you know, everything like the the sky is falling. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. you know, it's the end of the world tomorrow. Jesus is coming back, and you're going to hell mm. because you got pregnant. <laughs> um, so okay, and, and Walter, what about you? Because I got a follow up for that one. The extent of the conversation was, uh, if you're not married, don't, uh, that, 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 you know, it, it, that's as, as far as, you know, sex education, it not in my church growing up, it, it wasn't talked about, you know, um, if, if someone, you know, to that point showed up, you know, came to church that was pregnant, it was a conversation, whether publicly or privately, but it was talked about, mm. especially out of wedlock. So it was, don't get pregnant out of wedlock, you know, make sure you're married, you know, um, that's when being fruitful and multiplied was spoke on only after you get married. Other than that, mm -hmm. that was mm -hmm. and And for those who did, whether male or female, how were they treated within your churches? So I have a personal testimony here. Uh, my oldest son was born 
Kirby the fourth mm-hmm. was born eight days after I graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. I was not married. Um, and so I remember uh, one of my grandmother's best friends, my mom served as her children's godparent. This woman saying to me, oh, you done messed up your entire life. Mm. Wow. Right at the steps, at the intersection between right before you go into the sanctuary. She said this to me at the water mm. fountain. Mm. And as a consequence, um, like, how how ratchet do y'all get on this on this show? It's righteous ratchet and <laughs> real. So it's on you. <laughs> if that like you've known me my whole life. Mm. And now I'm 17, 18 years old, and this is how you're gonna do me. And mm. this is how my my village is gonna treat me. Wow. Fuck, fuck the church. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I went to I went to school with that mm-hmm. mentality and mindset. Yeah. Now I said F the church, but Jesus was in me, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I I tell anybody, thank God for Kirk Franklin and Hezekiah Walker because they were my mm-hmm. pastor and assistant pastors um while I was in school. But that castigation, that alienation, come to find out a generation before my mother went through the same thing with my older sister mm. in the same church, yeah. but mm. no one had ever told the story. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's why our stories are so important. We, and we do, we have done historically such a terrible job with sharing in our own families. We don't know medical histories. We don't know just life stories, you know, things that can help others to deal with whatever's going on, to deal with life. Just it's just to deal with life. Well, what about you? Um, so I not on a personal level, but my cousin um grew up in a church, like we were all in the choir, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Uh, the young adult choir. Um, I mean, the church watched us grow up from mm-hmm. from babies, you know, elementary, middle school, high school, and uh, she became pregnant, um, ending like right when she got out of high school. And I remember, Newt, to your point, you know, the the same young girl, they began looking at her differently. I mean, she can sing like an angel. She still can sing. I mean, they would love when she sung, and I'm like, this is still the same young lady. This is still the same young lady. Mm-hmm. But to now try to cast her away because of this, um, as if she's uh, no longer valuable or that God can't use her. You know, mm-hmm. um, I watch how they made her feel. And that was my cousin. So, um, mm-hmm. I mean, and I watched that. And, but I did see when it when it's close to home, it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, her grandmother kind of shared those viewpoints of, you know, you got you get pregnant out of wedlock, you get, you know, until it was her own grandchild. Then everything was different. Mm-hmm. Everything. Mm-hmm. She didn't allow or wasn't going to tolerate and or hear mm-hmm. anybody say those things mm-hmm. about her grandchild. 
She just wasn't right. here for it because she mm-hmm. knew, you know, my grandchild is not who you all are making her out to be. You know, it, it, she she she's not this this you know. But again, it was close to home. You know, it made it a little bit more personal. And I think once things get close to home, kind of uh, kind of makes you look at it in a different light. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And last last sex question. Whether in the church or in your own throughout your family, were the messages the men got different from what you heard or perceived that women got? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 To share in what way? Yeah. Uh <laughs> um with with you know, I have a twin sister and an older sister, and they and their message was strictly, you know. Stay away, stay away. Mm-hmm. Mine was, son, be careful. That 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 that, that was the that was different. Son, be careful. You know. You cleaned that up too, didn't you? I did. I did. I did. Oh, I did. Oh, I did. Oh, I, I know did. you did. Son, be careful. That 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 was the message. Um, but it it was it was completely it was just it was just different. Yeah. Um, it, it was, and then I I took that because even going to A and M. I still kind of carried that. Um, I was into my own, but mm-hmm. I was always calling my twin. I need to know where you at. I need to be with who, whomever okay. you're dating. I need to know every. I was intimately in her business, his business. I needed to know what was going on because, mm-hmm. like, nope, I don't want you venturing again. She could care less what I did. She can care less, but mm-hmm. it was just different, you know, in the way. Yeah. I, you know, my dad talked with me about it. My mom talked with me about it versus my sister, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. even when she got pregnant, uh, I, I was like, I didn't know you was having sex. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I was like, when, when did you start having sex? And she was almost 30. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was like. She... Yeah, she was almost 30. <laughs> yep. I'm like, when did you start having sex? Yeah, I just. Well, yeah, I know. I got you. <laughs> so that's the thing i think you know many of us in comparing our stories with like men's bible study Mm. versus women's bible study you know women have been taught chasteness dudes have taught been taught the ideal is Mm. to wait for marriage but we understand that you have needs Be careful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so do you guys feel like the church has grown any over the years in that messaging? Mm, that's a good one. So based upon my experience that I shared with you, mm-hmm. when I got into leadership position where I could make the theology I was certain to go about this differently mm-hmm. because I didn't want anybody else to feel what I felt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Secondly, I had conversations with my sons. I only have sons, mm-hmm. uh, biological sons. Um, the daughters that come to me are spiritual. Right. And so we can have those conversations. But biologically, the Lord blessed me with sons. And so we would have conversations. 
and we would have candid conversations. Mm -hmm. um, I developed relationship with my sons in such a way that we could talk. Um, and it was different. Um, I understood it because I was raised in it. You know, a child mm -hmm. has their place and, you know, silent in all this. But that also creates uh, communication issues because when do you ever get to talk about things? Mm -hmm. So in raising my sons, um, we would just talk about life. And sex was one of those things that we talked about, especially as they came of age. And mm -hmm. coming of age, I'm talking about, you know, well, when they start liking girls, basically, mm -hmm. right? Because don't put an age on that, right? <laughs> um, because if you know anything about the world today, we got single-digit kids mm -hmm. um, having sex, talking, doing all kinds of things. So um, I made sure for from my sons and in, in my ministry as well that we would have real talk conversations. So I never taught abstinence. Hmm. And the reason why I never taught it is mm -hmm. because it doesn't match with biology. Hmm. Like the way the hormones race, I don't think it is reasonable even hmm. to, to think naively that these kids are not going to or even at least think about mm -hmm. sexual things. So, um, and not only did I teach it, I told my youth minister, this is how I want the conversation to go so that we could really uh, train and develop these young people mentally and spiritually to understand what's happening with their bodies and then make an informed decision. That is just powerful that you instructed your youth minister. Mm -hmm. Because that's often where the conversation happens. And sometimes, you know, like the pastors may think one thing, but then the youth minister is bringing in somebody who's, you know, trying to get them to sign a contract at 13 about what they're going to do the rest of their lives so they get married. That's a whole other thing, but you know. <laughs> Walter, do you have anything to add before? Um not a whole lot to that um it just you know i think you know i was like with 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 my dad when when we talked about it he was more so he spoke on the lines of wait until you find the right person and i'm thinking i wanted the conversation to go a different way like talk to me like let let's mm -hmm. get have a an actual conversation other than son just you know um but i realized where his where he got that from his personal experience he didn't get to and and that was the father that was the trying to protect and trying to get me to you know um i guess not make certain mistakes they they uh, my mom and my dad had my older sister at Anna. um their their freshman year and they came home my grandmother saw fit that they got married, you know, and mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. were married over 40 years, but they had been together, you know, since high school. Mm 
Um, but, you know, his experience, everything halted for him at 19. So he had mm -hmm. a father, an adult, uh, you know, mature at 19 to raise my sister. You know, um, he and my mom both left and at the same time uh, mm -hmm. to, to raise my sister. And I learned that that was more of him just trying to prevent, you know, um, I guess prevent, you know, prevent that number one i really want to call it a mistake you know um but just just kind of you know prevent that and you know it's the the, the adage of you know he's already walked through the minefield you know so just kind mm -hmm. of be careful in what you step on and so that right. was more so his message son i just don't want you to have to leave school early because you know your potential is 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 unlimited you know but but nowadays even I think the, the difference is, you know, you can still have a, a child and still mm -hmm. make a great college career, great mm -hmm. career out of it versus, right. you know, in the late 70s. Yeah. So we want to close out with kind of um, what we've been talking about. Womanism has been part of the conversation that we've been having for the um, month of March. And uh feminism black feminism and so uh we want to know this is kind of going back to what you were saying you know part of the problem kirby is that i feel like you know oftentimes there is men that mm. are doing the work and saying one thing and then you know womanists and feminists are saying a different thing and sometimes we're talking at each other from our our, our spaces you know and oftentimes not able to find that collaboration do you guys feel like the black church should be engaging more um conversations and practices that would incorporate womanism black feminism and um do you think it'll be hard for men to deal with that aspect of the gospel You can be real, Kirby. Just just say what you want. <laughs> because I felt like he was trying to sanitize it. Right. Yes. 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 Like, yes. some washing going on. <laughs> Let's see. Two Wednesdays ago, I teach Bible study on Wednesday night. Mm -hmm. And all month long in, in March, I've been focusing on texts that center a woman as what we were going to mm -hmm. develop um, by way of prayer, right? And so anyhow, two Wednesdays ago, three Wednesdays ago, I did Miriam's song, mm -hmm. Exodus 15. It comes on the heels of Exodus 14, which is the Red Sea experience. Mm -hmm. And I look, I'm trying, you know, to look at all these texts fresh. Mm -hmm. Makes a big difference, big, big difference. Anyway, what I discovered um, from that passage was uh, Miriam's song, and I did some, you know, research, not just biblical research, I actually, you know, Midrash and scholarly mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. So in the King James Version, it says that Moses wrote the song. Mm 
based upon the first line that says Moses and the children of Israel sang. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, they attribute it to Moses. Mm -hmm. um, scholarship suggests, I can't remember the name of the, the scholar, she's out of Duke, said that all of the verses, not just the two verses at the bottom, belong to Miriam because the women's function in that society was to welcome home the warriors who had been fighting. And so the songs, the timbrel, the dance, all of those things were of the women. Mm -hmm. I bring these things to Bible study, mm. to real folks. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I didn't even emphasize that so much. I was struck by the language of the poem, which, which talked about the, the, the Egyptians drowning in the Red Sea more than it talked about the children of Israel walking through on dry ground. Usually it's flipped. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I was like, man, this is really interesting. We got this poem about this major event. And all they're talking about is the Egyptians, you know, got drowned in the Red Sea and Miriam wrote it. And this older sister, probably mm -hmm. pushing 70, maybe 70, right around that air, that age right there. She was resisting, like mm -hmm. push back, push back, push back. Yeah. <sighs> to answer your question directly, that's just an, an, an illustration. It needs to happen. Mm -hmm. But the way that we do it has to be really finessed because mm -hmm. you got young sisters like yourself, our generation and younger who are ready for, mm -hmm. but then you got the old mm -hmm. OGs who've heard this story rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed. And now you are trying to add something new. Mm -hmm. That's not what I've been Talk. That's not what that's not what I learned in Sunday school. That's right. not what I've been hearing all 60 years of my whole life. So you can go ahead and sit down. But you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't like that. But we got to. And in order to do this, what we're talking about, we got to allow the car the characters to actually have be people of color. Mm, that part. If you don't see Miriam or Mary, the mother of Jesus, or any sisters in the text as a woman of color, mm -hmm. yeah, I feel you. I feel that. Well, you think the brothers and even the OG women. <laughs> are ready for us to come in there and 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 you know say that divine is she mm. you know are are they ready to hear you know the concepts that say we talking about sarah but sarah was part of the patriarchy because she allowed her husband to rape hagar are they ready to hear those types of conversations in our churches? Uh, my opinion, um, I think it would depend on the church and the congregates of the church. Um, because I know some churches that absolutely would be totally against that. 
you know, mm-hmm. I think there are some churches who would, you know, who I guess more modern, if you will, and will open and will openly um, listen and try to have that conversation to drive change, right? Because we only know what we know. Some of the things right. I think, I think what we struggle with is some of the things that we know as far as what we believe or what we were just taught, not personal experience. So we are basing it off what was passed down to us. You know, I just, I mean, I, I was passed down that, that, that Eve, that it was Apple, that Eve ate, you know, um, that has flowed down and flowed down and flowed down. And, but to bring that up, mm-hmm. you know, that's almost that detail that's shunned, you know, because it's outside of what was always, always, always taught. So how dare you come and tell me something different that than what I was all that when I was always taught. So I think um to have that conversation and invite that conversation, I, th- I think uh it, it has to be everybody has to have an open mind and open heart. But I think it opens for a, a good dialogue, a good discussion. I mean, if we want to if nothing changes, nothing changes. So you're looking at another generation. Uh, mm-hmm. We can just hand down what we were just taught, you know. Right. Right. Yeah, I think it. You know, we could definitely speak on it more. I would also like to add. Um, as Brother Johnson suggests, congregation by congregation, and it will also depend on the demographic, the demographic, and the educational mm-hmm. demographic of that con- of that congregation. For instance, uh, uh, another new Howard John Wesley at Alpha. Heard him today, yay! <laughs> he is able to do some amazing, mm-hmm. courageous things. Yes, but we also must consider his congregation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, like. And, and if you also, if you hear him, if you listen to him, and I study preachers, he's, most of his sermons, especially the sermons where he, like, is being courageous, it's an argument. Hmm. It's, a, it's a sort of apologetic to hmm. get people to move them to his point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he does it very meticulously and carefully through the text and so you can't argue with the text right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think it's that kind of that kind of work right that kind of courage right but then that also type of willingness within the congregation to be able to to want to hear and go that deep into the text mm-hmm. so what i hear with that too kirby is does the congregation or the hearers respect and trust the messenger enough mm-hmm. to go with him on that journey that that is a must i mean that's not even in just this conversation that's any conversation mm-hmm. you can't talk about tithing without trust yeah mm-hmm. do you think it would be possible and i know this is speaking in a very general you know and it's church specific but do you think that a woman would be able to push those same envelopes and people receive it. <laughs> Probably not as easily. 
just being, you know, mm-hmm. if you're not Cynthia Hale mm. or Gina Stewart or whatever name you want to put, Bishop Vashti McKenzie, right? It'd be, I think sisters still have to navigate the ministry space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not a sister, obviously, but I talked to enough sisters to know, like, there's stuff that you just have to be careful about. Um, so I think that's in the conversation. I think that's in the mix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it brings the reason why I asked that, cause it brings us back to one of our previous episodes. We had, um, Reverend LaVon Brooks on, and I guess we'll drop the Reverend, but LaVon Brooks was on. And so she was talking about that, how people will bring her in and she will preach mm-hmm. and the congregation will respond and they'll be like, that was such a blessing. But the pastors be like, we can't have her back no more. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So you are right. Women, you know, I was like in, in feminism and womanism I think oftentimes ends up being relegated to a Bible study safe space. Mm-hmm. And if you bring it into the Sunday morning, you have to navigate it in a way where you just, you give him giving a milk. Mm. <laughs> you can't, you can't cut up steak for them. They're not ready for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it has to be palatable. And it's, you know, just the, the, the hope is just as you brothers have shared that you've watched the church progress from where your grandmothers were and their mm-hmm. level of faith, that you've seen it grow. And so we all just have to, you know, recognize that that church is an institution and institutions change very slowly. slowly. And that so true. that's the reality of it. We are so grateful for you guys joining us in this conversation, talking about your grandmothers and your mothers and the women in your church and how they help to form your faith experience. We're so grateful for that and just how awesome sisters are and what we bring to the table. We are grateful for you. Sometimes, you know, we get bogged down by all the negative energy that comes, Mm -hmm. but it is just wonderful and refreshing to hear brothers come to the table and be ready to celebrate the women. We want to give you the opportunity to just let um, those who are watching now, those who will watch later, know how they connect, they can connect with you. So while if you can go first, just give people how they can connect with you after this and any projects that you're working on. Absolutely. Uh, you can connect with me via Facebook, Walter Johnson, uh, my fan page, Comedian Big Walt, and on uh, Instagram at underscore Urban Bow. I'm going to put it in the comments as well, too. Um, I do have one project I'm working on. I'm a writer, uh, and we are putting on a uh, Resurrection Sunday production uh, in about a week. Uh, and the title is Jesus Died for Me Too. So I'm kind of taking it a different approach uh, this year. Um mm-hmm. So yeah, it's 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 different. I'm a little nervous about it because it's different than the way I normally convey the messages, but uh it's different, but I'm I'm looking forward to it. So that's the biggest project I have right now. And uh my buddy John and I we're trying to work on a, a another um comedy show putting on one. And so Greta, uh we gotta come back up that way. Please yeah. do. We're waiting, brother. Gotta come back Wait. up that way. Absolutely. That's awesome. So- 
your play is going to be in Alabama. Oh, it's, it's going to be up here. It's, it's up here at uh, Mount Zion AME in Kennesaw. Okay. So, All right. Your, yep. On right. April 9th. Oh, you grew up Baptist, but you're AME now. You're part of the family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if y'all in Kennesaw, make sure that y'all go ahead and see the production. Do I need to skip my own church and come see it? <laughs> you're the preacher. You're the pastor. You can't skip your Okay. Let me, just to, I love his plays. He does awesome work. And so if you are able, I would strongly recommend that you go and take a look at it. The brother is bad. Uh, I love me some Walter Johnson. (laughs) I love you, Greta. Thank you. God is amazing. God is amazing. I'm just, I I get to be a vessel. And so I really, really, I'm I'm, I'm thankful. I get to be a vessel. Yeah. I guess it's my turn now. Okay. Um, so Instagram, uh, Kirby Spivey the third, uh, Facebook, Kirby Spivey the third. Um, I'm doing something new with YouTube, so you can find me on YouTube at don't forget to pray. And, um, another channel I just started called it reaches or vice versa. It reaches is new. Don't forget to pray. Um, it's just a new branding for what used to be Kirby Spivey the third. If you put Kirby Spivey, you can find me on YouTube. Um, and I want to celebrate you two sisters, right? Y'all gave all kinds of shout outs to sisters and, and to us. And I appreciate that. But this platform, this conversation is dope. Um, I loved y'all from the first time I met you and, um, thank you just for the opportunity to be on. Um, with you talking about some some stuff, some righteous ratchet, and what's the other R? Real. 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 Definitely real. And y'all made my eyes get wet talking about my mom and my grandma. So. I saw it. I said, I wasn't going to call you out. I wasn't going to call you out. I was going to let you have that moment, but that was meaningful. Just yeah. sometimes we forget the impact. You right. know, like we, we just going about, we know we did it, but that reflection, mm-hmm. you know, of the moments, yeah, you know, are yeah. important. Because like when Walt was even sharing about crying on his grandmama's lap and mm-hmm. her parents oh, Jesus, that right yeah. there. Yeah. And and Keisha, can I say real quick, we just want to shout out Renee real quick. Yes, and I was going to uh, say it too. Yeah, everybody, so. if you listen to us, you know, there's three of us usually. Uh, but life gets to life and then we get busy. And so she wanted to be with us, but could not. So Rane, we love you. And just want to shout you out real quick. Yeah. Definitely shout out to Rane. She was my writing partner mm-hmm. um, for my mm-hmm. dissertation. So be well, sister. Yeah, we, we all have these moments and I'm just glad for my sister and who keep it moving when we each got to be like, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. So we're grateful again. Thank you, brothers, for joining us. Don't forget, Walt, to put in the comments your how else the people can find you so that they can get there. Thank you to all of those who watch and all of those who will watch later. We are looking forward to next Tuesday dropping a new episode of the Righteous Ratchet and Real Podcast. Yay! Thanks, guys. Thank Thank you.